You've just accessed Shekinah glory, the place where God dwells among His people. Prepare now to receive the Lord as Pastor Rex Ricks connects you to the power of God through the prophetic revelatory preaching and teaching of the Word of the Kingdom of God. Experience the revelation of Jesus Christ on another level from the place where God dwells among His people. Now, hear the Word of the Lord. John chapter number 5, are you there? And I, I, I want to dive right in this, so I'm not going to do a whole lot of historicity of the text, but I will give you the purpose of why John writes this particular gospel. So in succinct, when you read this whole gospel, this is what John, this is going to be the theme throughout the gospel of John to prove conclusively that Jesus is the son of God and that all who believe in him will have eternal life. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So the theme throughout the book of John simply deals with presenting Jesus conclusively that he is the son of God. Now here in our particular text, just let me get you up to pace what's happening. Jesus performs a miracle of healing. And it's on the Sabbath. And on the Sabbath, there was, a, there was supposed to be no work done. But here, this man, uh, the scripture does not say he was working, but he carried his pallet or his bed, which they considered a type of work. So the Pharisees uh, began to question Jesus, criticizing Jesus. And after a lengthy discussion, they end up proving or Jesus proved that he is himself the son of God. Are you with me? Now, let's begin at verse one. And if I could get everyone reading, everyone reading out loud with the voice of triumph. Are you ready? Let's read. After this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there at Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And these led a great multitude of impotent folk. Hold on. Circle that word impotent and there's nothing uh, nothing in scripture is superfluous which means not needed everything in scripture is there for a particular reason so we're going to come back to that word someone say impotent folk and these come on let's finish and these led great multitude of impotent folk blind halt withered waiting for the move of water circle waiting for the move of water for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and just let me say this and i'm not going to do a whole lot of uh, exegetical explanation on this but in the older Greek manuscripts the latter portion of verse 3 and verse 4 uh, are not in the older portions so and actually if we were to read it in the original Greek it would go um, and these lay a great multitude of impotent folk blind sick okay so but since it's in here we're going to use it for today <laughs> amen and some say what well, there may be a portion of it, but they're not sure how much of it. Uh, but one of the things we have to realize, notice they was at the pool of Bethesda, Bethesda, which means house of mercy, house of outpouring. God is not partial. And if you move in faith, whether you're first, second, third or fourth, you can be healed. Why? Because this was a place of mercy. And if he, God would be an unjust God to only heal one. Boy, I wish I had time to just really focus on this. But there's some things you need to know because there are some people who really need to move. You've been sitting in this place. 
bar too long. Boy, I feel good. Is it me or just, I feel good. I, don't, don't, do you feel good? But you've been in this place far too long. Do you remember after uh, Israel, this is now I'm in Deuteronomy, stay right here in Deuteronomy chapter number one. Uh, after they had wandered for 40 years, now uh, Moses begins to instruct the people about to remember what God did for you. Okay? And not only should you remember what he did for you, but he will be with you as you go forward, as you possess the land. Then he says, Now you have been hanging around Mount Seir far too long. You've been going around this same issue, the same mountain, metaphorically speaking, whatever your mountain may be, far too long. Then he says, you need to start moving and possess the land. And there are some, maybe not here, but I'm willing to submit throughout this nation somewhere who have been dealing with issues far too you could have been done came out of that girl you could have been finished sir you could have been whosoever stepped in first after the troubling of the water uh, was made whole or whatever disease he had verse uh, number five are y'all with me y'all with me come on let's read and John was there well a certain man we don't know his name but we can could have been Bob could have been Jody. But a certain man was there which had what? An infirmity. How long? 38 years. Now, I was, a lot of people misinterpret this. The scripture it never says he was at the pool for 38 years. He had the infirmity for 38 years. So let's start saying he was at, he did, he wasn't at that pool for 38 years. He had the issue for 38 years. Verse 6. When he saw, when Jesus saw him lie, you hear? When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, and he said unto you, and I, will thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, saying, or answered him, sir, I have no man, <laughs> no woman, when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another step down before me. The early bird gets the... Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed, and walk. <laughs> Let's talk about move, because you have been here. In other words, this, when Jesus said, take up your bed and walk, he said, in essence, he's saying, you have been in this place far too long. It's time for you to move. You have nursed this thing far too long. Now, what is your bed? Metaphorically speaking, is it offense? Is it holding on to toxic relationships? Ah, is it living a lifestyle that's incongruent with the life of a believer? Is it engaging in th those activities that are not named among? Is it lying? Is it lack of commitment? What is it? Each man knows his own bed. Ah. And see, you, what gets me, we automatically looking at our neighbor's bed. Well, if he got his bed together, when it should be, I'm focusing on my bed. And sometimes that's our biggest problem. We are more concerned about your issues than my own. But if I get mine together, then maybe I am in position to help somebody. This story begins or, or it brings a 
somewhat sad reminder of the current state of our world that we live in. Physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. When it is narrowed down to our personal lives, listen to this, rather than, rather than taking personal responsibility for ourselves and the role we must play in bringing about the desired changes or change in our lives, we're like the man in the story, quick to blame others. The, if, when, when I want to change, he, she, it's the same as saying they. That's not what he asked. Are you ready? And I hear people saying, I'm, no, no, we know you are tired of change when you change direction. As long as you headed the same way, talking about I'm tired, you're not really tired. We know you are tired and ready to change when there is a change in direction. What man are you blaming or holding at fault for your reason for staying where you are? Because you don't have to be where you are. Life is better once you take up your bed and walk. Life does get much better than what you may be experiencing right now. And see, let me say this. Jesus asked this man a question, and he totally goes off. He act like Jesus didn't even ask him. He didn't want to be it. Well, when I get, when I, there's nobody to put me in. That's not what I ask you. Do you want to be made well? He's asking us the same thing. Do you want to be made well? Well, Pastor, you know, this runs in my family. It's generational. Here's what you, in those who like to confess generational curses, which generational curse is not in the Bible. Gen, you're not going to find generational curse. Now, there are generational tendency, tendencies and habits that we can adopt from other people, but generational curse is not biblical. So stop confessing this is a generational curse curse then it's always the negative that's the, how come everybody how come wealth is never a curse how come you weren't curse? everybody in your family was rich that preceded you how come that can't be the curse you curse with money so let's stop confessing that let's stop confessing that okay and if for some reason there was a curse in your family line Christ came to redeem you <laughs> for many things that came as a result of sin or curses that's just another excuse for a lot of people but what we fail to understand is that every day listen to this we're either executing or making excuses you're either executing being that man I'm moving and shaking or making excuses every day I would write that down you're either executing or making excuses First point, lessons we can learn from our text. I'm going to try to get it to you in these next few minutes. Number one, lessons we can learn from our text. Number one, you have to remove yourself from other impotent people. Wow. You have to remove yourself from other impotent people. What's number one? Look at verse three. In these lay a great multitude. <laughs> Of sick, excuse me, of impotent folk. Look, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the move of the water. So the first thing I need to do is remove myself from other people who are dealing with the same issues that I have. Because as long as we're all sick and there's nobody 
that's well. We will keep perpetuating the same thing. It, the, the, the saying is true. Your, your environment can either help you or hinder you. If you take a rotten apple and put it in a basket of ripe apples, eventually that one rotten apple will cause the whole uh, bowl of apples to be spoiled. It's the same thing. Notice. See, you act like who you hang around. Oh. So you have to get around. I, I guess I didn't get a big response because we don't know what impotent means. So let me give you, let's define impotent because y'all, usually y'all, 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 when I give you these points, amen, that's good, preacher. But today I was like, huh, impotent, what? First of all, what, what, what he called me? In the Greek, it means lacking power as to act effectively. It means having no power to accomplish anything. So if you want to accomplish anything, you first have to get away from people who have not accomplished anything. I mean, no fruit. You still talking about what you're going. I can't make, I can't go off what you're going to do. I need to see some fruit. It means not potent, powerless. It means not potent, powerless. So in this pool lay a great multitude of people lacking power. People who failed to act effectively, helpless. Let me show you something. I wish I had my little pointer. I want to show you something, okay? I want to see if you see this. Will you look at someone and say, I'm not powerless. I'm talking to the believers now. Do, do, do y'all see what I see? Watch this. Uh-uh. M. I'm potent. I'm powerful. See, you, you, you got. So I'm not powerless. I'm powerful. Boy. So, so in order for me to rise out of this helpless state, I have to. Re I have to remember or realize that I'm powerful. Boy. Oh, God, I wish this was a different church today. I give you Bible. In Acts 1-8, the scripture says, Now, when Holy Spirit come upon you, you shall receive power. You shall receive power. Talking about dunamis. Are you here? In dunamis simply means might, power, physical power, ability, but, but, but watch this, watch this, watch this. Properly, this is what it means. Are you here? Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Here it goes. See that? I'm. Hold up. Hold on. I'm. Potent. See, I'm so excited. My hands just. Boy, see, if I was. See. Uh, I don't know. Somebody. The screen, I guess that. Um, see, you have to realize this, or else you will forever remain helpless. And keep believing the lie. 
It's generational. It's a birth defect. I was born this way. This, that, that, that. But when you realize I am powerful. Ah. Listen, it means dunamis, might, power, physical power, ability, right? Ability to perform. Now, this is what it means for the believer. Someone say for the believer. It means power to achieve by applying the Lord's inherent abilities. In other words, it's not me, but it's God's power of inability in me. But when you receive Holy Spirit, you shall receive power. You're not the power. It's the power in you. You got the power. You're I'm not the power. I got the power. If you get what I'm saying. Because you, 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 we know in your power it hadn't been working. That's why you've been dealing with it for 38 years. But when you realize that there's a greater one. Ah. Hey, Kato. That, hey, that, 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 that's why Ephesians 16 says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So you're not relying on your power. Lord, I can't handle this. This is too big for me. But I thank you for your power. It's not your, it's his power. Greater is he that is in you. So how do I come out? I rely on God's power. That's why when you move at his word, you activate his Uh, so number one, you have to do what? Get away from people who lack and realize that the power is in. Woo! So let me tell you how to rise up about that thing. You realize that I got. Wait, hold up. I'm a child of God. Spirit filled. Got dunamis on the inside of me. Now how in the world? When the greater one is on the inside of me, I'm still dealing with this issue. You have to be willing to say, honey, today is a day of new beginnings. The power reside in me, and I will no longer allow this thing to hold me anymore. Now, what you got to do now, when you move, you got to move in faith. Because <laughs> I'm trusting his ability, his Number two, number two, number two, number two. You have to stop waiting. Stop waiting. Notice it was a whole bunch of palace people waiting. Stop waiting. Waiting for, waiting for conditions to change does not change your condition. Waiting for conditions to change does not change your condition. Now, I say it again. Waiting for your condition to change does not change your condition. And there's something about some people who just believe it's going to work itself out over time. No, you have to do something. <laughs> Boy. Deciding to change doesn't do anything. You just decided. You have to act on your decision. Y'all missed that. You have to do more than, than decide. That's what a lot of people don't decide. They decided tomorrow they're going to eat right. They decided. So tomorrow, all they do is eat wrong. Why? Because they just decided. 
Because when the opportunity came, rather than ordering was healthy, uh, let, let me get that. Uh, pickle pig feet, extra pork, <laughs> hot sauce, and pour some of that lard grease on my biscuit for me. <laughs> let me slow down. Instead of waiting for change, create change. Did you hear me? What I say? Instead of what? Instead of waiting for change, create change. Listen to this. When you wait, boy, this is good. You deteriorate. When you wait, you deteriorate. What do you mean? To de deteriorate means to make or become worse or inferior in character, quality, or value. That's what explains why people are intimidated of those who are moving because my waiting has made me become inferior. I can do the same thing you do, but I'm too afraid to do what you do, so I talk about what you do because I'm too... Those are the people who realize, the, the people who hate on you are pe people who don't understand that they lack power. And if they would change the way they think, they would realize, I'm potent too. I'm potent. Not I'm potent, I'm potent. Somebody say, I'm potent. No, we ain't confessing that. I'm potent. What is that thing you feel powerless against? What is that thing you feel powerless against? The, the, the doctor said, Pastor, now, 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 hold, hold, hold up, Reverend, hold up. He's skilled in his profession, and I'm skilled in mine. See, see, my job is to point you to the great physician, healer, Jehovah. Rafa, are you here? And that's not mean we negate and don't go get physicals and help scan things and that. But I'm just saying, there is one who's greater than the one who's experimenting on you. That's why they say they are practicing, hoping we'll stumble across something right. Now, thank God for the wisdom that He's given physicians. But my point is, you don't have to receive what they say about you your job is to i hear you but i believe god's report oh boy i lost about three people on that what's your bed he had his for 38 years number one remove yourself from impotent people number two stop waiting number three you have to answer the question, do I really want to get well? Notice Jesus asked, do you really want to get well? And he, here's what he did, Sam. Rather than really looking at himself, saying, man, I'm tired of laying on this thing. Ain't nobody help me. <laughs> That's not what I ask you. Do you want to? Well, it, it, well because nothing's going to change until you decide. Y'all missing this, man. Well, when, when they get their act together, then I'm going to get mine together. Are y'all here? Somebody say, I'm powerful. Uh, verse 6. 
Three verbs. Note, Jesus saw, Jesus knew, Jesus said. He saw, he knew, he said, he sees your need. He knows that you've been in the condition for a long time. <laughs> and he said, and he's asking the same question, do you want to be made well? Look at someone say, Jesus knows the depth of your need. And he addresses himself to meet that need. Jesus wants to meet your need. And I'm sure, no doubt, when Jesus comes to us and asks us the same question, do you want to go well? Our first response is a resounding, yes! Yeah, I want to be prosperous. Yeah, I want to be healthy. Yeah, I want to be committed. Yeah, I want to be... But later on, after service, after you eat and you wind down, we realize that there's a process and a cost. (laughs) And we're no longer quick to respond. And we back to, if there's a man. Boy... Pastor, I want deliverance, but not give me to Friday. God Almighty. Let me look at this right here because y'all are not responding the way. I'm going to have to redo this at another church. The man's response indicated that he had no hope of ever being healed nor desired to help himself. Well, when I try to do it, somebody steps up. But before he said that, I have no man. Never depend on another man or woman to do for you that which you can do for yourself. Don't put your life in the hands of a powerless person. A person who was impotent. Are you here? But no matter how trapped you feel in your impotency, you don't have to stay that way. Why? Because you are at the house of mercy. <laughs> yeah. Boy, where the, the spirit of the Lord is. Y'all missed that. There is liberty. In the Hebrew, it, it simply means where the spirit of the Lord is, God comes down. He's already here, but what happens? He comes in the mist and fix whatever is broken. So where the spirit of the Lord is, he's willing to fix whatever is broken. You have to realize that the spirit of the Lord is in you. Boy, know ye not that your body is the spirit? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost and the spirit of God dwells in you? So all I have to do is... Father, I receive what you already provided for me, and God comes in. Fix whatever's broken, and it's already fixed. You just need to receive. Oh, boy. Uh, Are y'all here? Why do we cling, cling to these beds, these things that are painful? And they are painful to maintain. Why do we cling to them? Why do we cling to things that work against us? Are y'all listening? Why do we keep wounds open and active, living in past experiences of pain, which prevent, which prevent new experience from being made available or from new experiences being able to happen? Why, why, do, why do we keep these wounds open? 
You know what keeps us stuck? And from moving on and letting go? You know what keeps us stuck? Is that we begin to identify with the bed. So when you nurse this thing so long, we identify you now by your limp. By that thing that you, how you know, everybody know, yeah, yeah, that's the one who, yeah, she, she the one who an apple fell and bumped on it, yeah, and, and she can't hardly do anything now because the apple hit her on the head. Yeah, why, why, and everybody know, oh, that's the girl who an apple fell on the head. Why? Because now you identify yourself with the thing that you've been lying on all those years. So we identify with those issues. And see, with our issues intact, listen to this, we know who we are. A person uh, who's, a, who's a victim. Are y'all here? And, and listen to this. There's a kind of rightness and strength in this identity. We have something that defines us. Our anger and our victimhood, which gives us a sense of solidness and purpose. So, so in actuality, since we nurse this thing, we actually feel like this is what gives me purpose. Boy, we remember why we had the bed in the first place. So li listen, so, so when we hold on, we, 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 we remember why we had the bed in the first place. So we roll it back. We roll it out and go back to laying down. You start thinking about why this and that. So you, again, you go back to what's comfortable. See, it's comfortable talking about it. And people say, oh, really? Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, girls, this is a bad case. They've never seen a case like this before. This is one of a kind, first of its kind. When you want to get well, no, no, let me say this. In truth, our issue or our bed and the identity that accompanies it is an attempt to get comfort and compassion. <laughs> you really don't. But you like the attention. It went. When I try to go, people step down ahead of me. So now we plan on pe people's emotions. But Jesus knew. <laughs> and that's not to minimize people who have been victimized by people's perversity and nonsense. But I still can't let that thing become a bed of affliction. Or something that renders me hopeless and powerless and keeps me from achieving what it is I desire. How long are you going to put up with procrastination and making excuses and I'm going to do it one day. I'm going to. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.